You got the off here? All right. Good morning, everybody. Let me go run and get my stuff real quick. Sorry. <laughs> For those of you who do not know who I am, my name is Nick Wong. I am the middle school director here at Northwest Hills. Been doing that for about three years. Also assist with the high schoolers. So where are my middle schoolers at today? Just out of curiosity. I see one, two, two. That's it. Three. Yeah, Ava, <laughs> Ava wave your hand. So Ryan, I know you're here at Weston. Awesome. Marie, cool. Good to see you guys here. So um, before I get started, I'm a little nervous, to be completely honest with you guys. I'm excited for this opportunity, but this is my first time here talking up on uh, at Northwest Hills, the main church service. So um, I work better when it's with middle schoolers. So what I want you guys to do, do your best to act like a middle schooler right now, like revert back to your mind. So Imagine you're, you're at church and you're in middle school. Most of, you know, just to give you an example, um, a lot of them talk to each other while I'm trying to talk or um, run around, stuff like that. So, so whether you're talking to your neighbor or waving, whatever you're doing, just for, for a couple seconds, please act like a middle schooler. If you can do this for me, it'd be great. So just, there you go. Just talk to yourself. All right. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Now focus, focus, focus. Focus. Come on, guys. We got a lot of stuff to get through today. It's going to be awesome. So, all right, cool. Thank you. Thank you. That helped. That helped ease the burden a little bit there. So, um, but just to introduce myself again, uh, my name is Nick Wong. Uh, I've been going to this church for about six, seven years now. Um, and I just kind of wanted to share a little bit of, of who I am um, with you guys. So, from California, a town called Fairfield. If you don't know where that's at, it's uh, halfway between Sacramento and San Francisco. A couple people know where it's at. Uh, if you know where the Jelly Belly Factory is, ever been to it or driven by it, that is my hometown. I don't live there, but I live near there. Um, and so that, that's where I grew up. I spent the first 23 years of my life uh, mostly in Fairfield. And so um, I didn't come from a church family. Uh, and actually, my introduction to church people came when uh, I would be at home. We lived near Jehovah's Witness um, uh, Church, and they would send people monthly door to door. And they would knock on the door. My mom would look through the peephole and tell me, shh, be quiet. There's church people here. And I was like, oh man, I don't know what they are, but they sound scary. Because as a kid, when your mom's telling you not to open the door for somebody, it freaks you out. And so my first introduction to church people was a frightening experience. In fact, it, I didn't realize the effect it had on me until end of middle school came around and I had people asking me to go to church. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, no, that's too scary for me. I'm not going. I was nervous. Eventually, they twisted my arm. I ended up going, and it was an awesome experience. I just remember getting to hear who Jesus is, what he did for me, and a couple months later is when I accepted Christ into my life. And then I uh, went through high school. After high school, I got heavily involved in serving with youth ministry, uh, mostly middle school right after that at my church down in California. Um, and when I, when I started doing stuff down there, a lot of people asked me the question, is youth ministry what you want to do? Is what you want to pursue? And at the moment, it really wasn't something I wanted to pursue. Um, I didn't feel called to it. Uh, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, so I went to Sacramento State for a couple uh, terms and took classes, but still really didn't know what I wanted to do. And for a while there, my life was pretty lukewarm. My relationship with God, my life in general was pretty lukewarm. And I remember praying. I had to pray to God diligently just to, to help me remove this struggle. 
And um, I, I think the biggest thing I needed was to finish school and also get a change of scenery. And uh, God called me up here to Oregon. Um, and so uh, I, I always thought it was beautiful up here, and I was excited to come here, but also nervous uh, after spending the first 23 years of my life in California. So I moved up here not knowing a single person. Uh, I would sit in my apartment alone for like the first week, and then I just felt like I needed to get out and find a church. So I lived over at uh, Witham Hill Oaks um, apartment, drove down, drove back past this church, and just felt the call that I needed to check this one out. So I came on a Sunday morning, not knowing anybody, got plugged in, introduced to Tom, got plugged into 242 of the college group, uh, became his intern, later started helping with the children's ministry. Um, when Randall took a sabbatical, I was able to lead the high school and middle school groups for a summer. And I think it was that moment after that, I just felt like God wanted me to continue working with students, with middle schoolers and high schoolers. And um, I, I started feeling that call to, to pursue this ministry thing. And so, um, you know, I, I'm so thankful that I have this opportunity to be here. Um, I'm joyful, thankful, and encouraged by this chance. Um, and so, uh, before we get started, I want to do something a little different. I'm going to pull some people probably out of their comfort zones. We didn't do a greeting time because I wanted to do this different. Um, we're all one family here. We're one congregation. You probably sit by the same people week after week and don't know their names or forget their names, don't know anything about them. So what I'm going to ask you to do just for the next couple minutes, uh, to get in a group of about three or four people with your uh, not blood family, but with your church family, and just share your name, share a high and low for the week, and maybe an interesting fact about yourself. I mean, it's a big challenge, but I just, I want to start, I want this to be conversations where we can remember the people we meet and not just say a name, see a name and a face and then move on. So if you guys would do this, it'd be awesome. Just about three or four people, share your name and a high and low. And if you have time, share a fact about yourself. So go ahead and do that and we'll get started with the message.
right, go, go ahead and start wrapping up. Check, 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 check. Go ahead and start wrapping up. Go ahead and start wrapping up. There we go. All right, go ahead and start wrapping up with your uh, with your little d- groups. That's like the most talking I've ever heard, like during a, a greeting time. So that was awesome. Hopefully, it wasn't too uncomfortable for you guys. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to start off with that. So um, I brought a couple props up here, and before I begin, I want to make a disclaimer. I am not Pastor Kurt. I am not going to do a magic trick. Um, I, I, believe me, I wish I could. I wish I would, it'd probably get your attention just like that. But I'm sorry to disappoint you. No magic today. But uh, yeah, I will use these for something a little bit later. Uh, if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to Matthew 11. We're going to go ahead and dive into the key verses for today. And I will be reading from the English Standard Version. So if you have a phone that has every Bible known to man on there, you can go ahead and uh, go to that one. If not, you can follow along. But uh, before I go ahead and read this, I'm going to go ahead and open up with some prayer just to calm my nerves a little bit and just ask God to be here. Uh, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for today, Lord. Uh, I thank you for the opportunity we have to come here to worship you, to praise your name. Uh, and more importantly, Lord, we get a chance to hear from you. Uh, Lord, as I'm nervous and uh, just wondering um, what you're going to do through me today, Lord, I just ask that the words I say are um, coming from you, that you're speaking to the people here, you're speaking to me, and you can just use this, um, this time to, to reach out to the people who need you most right now, Lord, and um, to, to everyone who's here, Lord. Uh, thank you again for this. Uh, just please be here in this place today. Amen. All right, Matthew 11. We're going to focus just on a few verses here. Matthew 11, 28 through 30. Um, and these verses were pretty key when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about today. So uh, if, if you have it, go ahead and follow along or you can listen. Uh, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, um, like I said, these verses were pretty key when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about and trying to calm my nerves a bit here. Uh, I got the call a couple months ago from Josh asking me if I wanted to teach the week of the camp out. Um, I honestly didn't know how many people to expect to be here, so I, I heard there's a lot of people going to the camp out. So I'm, I'm encouraged by the amount of people that are here. This is awesome. Um, and I've never given a message to a group this big or people that are uh, older than 18 years old, I guess. <laughs> but um, so, so I just, you know, I, I read through this several times, and uh, I was feeling the weight of, of this message weighing on me. And, and not necessarily just the, um, having to talk about God, but just the, the burden of, of fear, of uh, just nerves, whatever it might have been. I was feeling a little bit anxious, and I was feeling that weight on my shoulders. And these verses reminded me that the Lord can give us rest and remove these burdens and baggage that we try to carry on our own, that I was carrying on my own there. And that's kind of going to be my focal point of this message, the the baggage and the burdens we carried. And so to open up, burdens are these things that weigh us down, and all of us have them that are here today. In fact, uh, full disclosure, if you feel like being honest, 
How many of you guys came to church today and you have a burden on your shoulders that you're currently thinking about? Just out of curiosity. If if you're feeling bold and want to share, you don't have to share what it is. But a lot of us come here with something on our minds, something on our shoulders that might distract us from the worship we do, from hearing the message. It's in the back of our mind and we're constantly battling through it. Now, these burdens can range from several different things. It can be the tasks that we need to complete. Um, and usually those burdens we can get rid of once, once we finish it. It just feels like this huge weight's been lifted off our shoulders. And that's easy. But then we get some difficult things, like the guilt um, that we might have for doing something uh, to somebody. Or the pain we're feeling from something someone did to us. The fear, the shame, the regret. All those things are burdens that we carry with us on a day-to-day basis. Now, um, with these burdens... Like I said, some of them might be easy to get rid of, like whether it be completing a task or through love and forgiveness, it can be gone. But sometimes they linger and they become this thing that is called baggage. I brought a suitcase here to to symbolize baggage, and we'll get into that in a bit. But every day before I go out, uh, some guys will probably understand where I'm coming from. I do the triple pocket check before I leave for the day. If you know, does anyone know what it is? Shout it out if you know it. Wallet, keys, phone. There you go. Phone, keys, wallet. Check every day to make sure I have those before I leave for the day. That is the triple pocket check. Um, I don't know if that's the actual name. I should trademark it. Uh, But it's the triple pocket check. But there's also something I carry with me that I don't really think about. And what I do is I bring my backpack that is filled with all the baggage that I have on my mind, all the burdens. I put it on my back and I carry it with me through the day. And so... these burdens will start to eat away at you. They'll start to weigh you down. And there's so many dangers in carrying baggage with us on a day-to-day basis. Because the thing is, with baggage, when we bring it with us, it starts to wear us down, whether you know it or not. We can try to carry it ourselves as long as we can, but eventually it gets to be too much, and we try to do something with it to try to relieve that stress that we're bearing on ourselves. And we might turn to some unhealthy ways, and that's, those are the alternatives we turn to. Like, as an example, um, one of the things we might turn to is a distraction to try to distract us from our baggage. We're, we're carrying it all day, and then we get an opportunity to just maybe drink our problems away so we can drop it off for a minute, and we forget about what we're struggling with. But in the end, when you're done with that, you're just picking it right back up and going about life. Another thing that we tend to do is we try to pass it off on other people. We feel this weight on our shoulders and we lash out at somebody. And, you know, uh, I have an example here. I've been in one fight in my life and I'm not proud of it, but um, I love playing hockey and it was in, while I was playing hockey, I, I don't remember what it was, but I was feeling some burden throughout that whole day. And I'm playing the game, a guy trips me and I just, like, my temper starts to flare up. And then he calls me, like, fat or something like that. Something that just triggered, an, uh, like, this red light. And I ended up getting into a fight. And after, after it happened, after it was all over, I felt the instant pain. I felt the instant shame and regret for what I had done. And that's the thing. If we try to correct our baggage, if we try to unload it in some unhealthy way, all we're going to do is add more baggage to ourselves. The sin that we do because of us trying to lose the baggage... Like I said, that shame and regret, we're just adding more and more burdens to our backpack. And so, so the, the struggle becomes even harder when we, when we carry around our baggage every day. 
But we have this opportunity. We have this God who loves us and cares about us and can take this baggage that we have away from us. God helps those people with baggage. I'm going to go ahead and break down these verses for, uh, real quick for us. Uh, Matthew 11, 28 through 30. So um, the opening command, Jesus is calling the people who are heavy laden. Those are the people who are carrying the burdens, heavy burdens that are on their shoulders. He's calling those specific people out here. But not just the people who have these burdens, but the people who are working while carrying these burdens. The, all, those, all, all who labor and are heavy laden. Those are the people he's calling here. We're weighed down by burden and we're working hard through life. It might be when it's serving in the church. It might be your work in general or just getting through life that, that we're going through here. Um, but we're feeling the burden there. And Jesus is calling these people, and he says three simple words in the beginning there. Come to me. A command from Jesus. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. So Jesus wants us to reach out to him when we identify with this statement, when we are struggling, when we're carrying burdens. He, want us to come, he wants us to come to him, and he gives us this, this uh, resolve. I will give you rest. A chance to be refreshed from all the stresses that we have in life, all those burdens we continue to carry on a day-to-day basis. So this call-out that we have from Jesus shows us when it comes to burdens, he is the one to turn to. He has the power to get rid of them. He is telling us that we can seek rest, we can seek refreshment when we come to him. Then he says here in verse 29, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So a yoke, um, for those of you who don't know, it is a a wooden device that is used to connect two animals. Um, The context you usually hear it in involves oxen uh, that that pull a cart to to plow, and so they're kind of connected together to work in the field. And we hear it, it says, take my yoke, which implies Jesus wants us to be connected to the yoke that he has, that he's connected to, and he wants us to be on that other end. Um, it, it also says here, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And, and that just shows us the, the loving nature, the compassionate nature that Jesus has for us. We have other ways we try to get rid of our burdens or we try to carry it ourselves, but Jesus has, is coming from a loving standpoint, a way to, to help us because he loves us, he wants to reach out to us. And so... So often the, the baggage and burdens we struggle through are because we tried to carry it ourselves instead of being connected to the yoke of Jesus. And I have an example of this that um, I, I can remember clearly. Uh, four, I think it was about four years ago, maybe uh, five. I don't remember exactly how long, but I led the Brazil trip for 242. Um, awesome opportunity. Never led a mission trip. It was only been my second or third mission trip at that time, but I had an opportunity to lead it. And uh, I know my buddy Aaron uh, Budislik, who uh, led a trip to, has dealt with this. But the visas are a pain to deal with, trying to get the visas for Brazil. Um, you send it to a consulate, and they only allow X amount each day to, to get approved. So you have no idea if yours is going to get approved or not, when they're going to see it, anything like that. Uh, and I learned this the hard way, because I called in and asked, when should I turn in my visas? Because we want to go at the end of December. And they told me, oh, if you turn it in before Thanksgiving, it should be fine. Got it all filled out, turned it in the Monday before Thanksgiving. And I get a call Tuesday when they receive it saying, there's no way we can get these back to you in time. No way. 
And I immediately go into freakout mode. I'm responsible for the 12 people going to Brazil to get those visas to be able to go on this trip. And I had no idea what I was going to do. I started freaking out. They sent me the, uh, the passports back. Excuse me. And when they sent me the passports back, I just went into frantic mode looking for any consulate, any visa place I could find. For about eight hours, I spent looking for a place, and I found one in New York. And they said they could get it back to me in time. I sent it there, and then I played the waiting game. They didn't give me a date. They didn't give me anything. I just played the waiting game. A week before the trip, the weight on my shoulders became unbearable, knowing that I'm responsible for these visas that, that aren't being returned, that, they, that we might not be able to go on the trip. And there's only one thing that I could think to do at that moment was pray. And which, it's something I probably should have done from the beginning. I probably wouldn't have felt this as big of weight as I did when I tried to carry the load by myself as if I had tied my yoke to Jesus. And so I prayed diligently for, for day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six. The day before we left for the trip, the visas arrived in the mail. <laughs> I honestly... They, I think God intervened there the day before. They, they probably wouldn't have come had I not prayed. I honestly believe that. But God <laughs> helped me out with that. And like I said, had I done it, had I focused on God from the beginning, things might have turned out differently, but at least he would have been there to bear the weight. And so, um, <laughs> you know, that's, that's what happens when we tie our yoke, or, uh, take upon that yoke of Jesus. And then he says this last thing in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so this word easy isn't saying things are going to be simple if we just drop our load to him, drop our baggage to Jesus. He's not saying things are going to be simple because we, we can get rid of it, but life, we're still going to encounter trials, we're still going to encounter tribulations. But this word easy, the Greek translation that it uses is um, for easy, I believe from my understanding, is well-fit or well-suited. So what he's saying here is, for my yoke is well-suited, well-fit for you, and my burden is light. So when an oxen had a yoke that fit well, it wouldn't chafe on his, its neck, it wouldn't like rub the wrong way, and you could actually carry more. You could carry more of the weight, more of the burdens, because it fit well. It was more comfortable. And so Jesus is saying this, the, the yoke that he has, his yoke, when we attach it to ourselves, fits well. It fits us. It is for us specifically. And although we might still have to do work, we might still have burdens, he's there to help shoulder the load because he's connected to us. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The burdens we go through become increasingly difficult to handle when it becomes the baggage we carry alone without Jesus. So, you know, we're using all this symbolism of a yoke, we're using all the symbolism of oxen, but what, what does God want us to do when it comes to our baggage? The baggage we carry uh, to bring with us. Well, I think the first thing, it, 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 he sums it up perfectly in this first part, come to me. God wants us to turn to him. You know, through diligent, heartfelt, humble prayer, God desires us to turn to him, to focus on him. And not only uh, turning to him, but part of that, you know, we have this backpack of, I'm using this as the symbol, of all the baggage we carry with us on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of times, we're not going to open this backpack for anybody, Friends, family, anybody, it's for our eyes only. Because we don't, we don't want people to know what we're carrying with us. 
But God wants us to turn to him. And part of turning to him is unzipping that backpack and showing him, acknowledging that you have baggage, the baggage you are carrying with him or carrying with yourself today. And not only turning to him and revealing that, but faithfully believing that God can help, saying, God, please take this baggage away from me. Get this struggle off my back. God wants us to turn to him. I love this ver- uh, this, these verses in 1 Peter uh, 5 here. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God wants us to turn to him, and not just turn to him, but humble ourselves. And part of that humbling is revealing what we have in our backpack, what we have, our baggage, and that we can't do it alone. And I love this, this part. It says, at the proper time, he may exalt you. Which kind of brings me to my next point. You know, that, that God's in control of this situation. We're acknowledging that at the proper time, God is in control of, of what's going on. And so, not only do we need to turn to God, but we need to trust in his plan for us. God has the power that if I ask him to, re- to remove this baggage, he can remove it. He has the ability to do so. Now, he might not do it right away, but I need to remember that God's plan, uh, that God is with us every step of the way. He's connected right by us, as we see in that example of the yoke. He is carrying that burden with us. And then, not only do we need to, to trust in his plan, but we need to trust that through the difficulty, through the difficulty we're going through, the burdens, that ultimately, if we trust in his plan, God's going to use it for his glory. And that's awesome, that that. Through all this difficulty, God's going to do something with it to glorify him. And, and through that, we can have joy. We can take joy in that because we have this creator who loves us, who has our best interests in mind. And we can take joy in that. We aren't big enough to understand God's plan, but it's the only plan that is good. It's the only plan that is perfect. So we need to turn to God. We need to trust in his plan. And you realize that through the pain, through all the, the suffering, through all the carrying of the burdens, that, that God will take care of us. Remember, he is sitting there right next to you if, if you choose to take upon that yoke. And through that pain, every step of the way, he's going to provide us what we need. He's going to provide us the wisdom to make the decisions we need to to help clear up this baggage. He's going to give us comfort in what we're dealing with. He's going to show us grace. He's going to show us mercy and all this to make, sure he know, to make sure that the baggage that we have does not overtake us. So um, before I close up here, I want to, you know, kind of, I'm going to challenge you guys with something. But I want to open up about myself, the baggage I've accumulated. And so um, what I have here is my backpack that I carry with me. And what I brought here is my suitcase that is full of my baggage. And so... I'm just going to be showing a couple words and describing what I mean by them. But as a, at a young age, some of the first baggage I had was fear of dying. The fear that I had about what happens when I die. Because as a kid, like I said, I didn't grow up in a church home. I had no idea about God, about um, what happens after I die. I remember when I was in fifth grade, um, just crying in the bathroom unconsolably, sitting on the, the ledge of the bathtub. And my dad comes in and just asks, what's wrong? And I just had this fear. What happens to me after I die? I'm afraid to die. I don't know what happens. 
And my dad didn't know how to answer it. He really didn't know how to handle it. Um, I remember he told me, you know, if you're good, I think you go to heaven. And then it brings up this whole other question. How do I know that I'm good? How do I know? I mean, I can't remember exactly what he told me, but I remember it didn't, like, console me. It didn't ease my pain or ease my uh, fear. And it wasn't until a few years later that that fear was eased. So, you know what? For a long time, I had this fear, and it became a weight that was just in my backpack that I carried with me. My next uh, burden that I carried with me had to do with my weight. A lot of people, like, my whole life, I've been a larger guy. I've had a gut, whatever it might have been, and I've been made fun of for it. You know, friends, uh, I guess not technically friends, but like people, yeah, right? Uh, People at school, just as you get older, you know, you have kids that just say anything and they tell you it. And I mean, it's a child, but like, I still feel it. And the way I coped with it was self-deprecation. Okay, I'll just make fun of myself too. And when you do that, yeah, it helps you feel better at first. But, I mean, ultimately, that burden, that baggage is still there. That coping mechanism only maybe helps for so long, and it still hurts. So, again, more weight that I'm carrying in my backpack here. Next, we have this word, alone, loneliness. A lot of us have dealt with this at some point in our lives, or are continuing to deal with it. I've felt it several times in my life. Um, after a two-year relationship I had, had ended, I mean, I felt so alone because, you know, I focused all my energy on this relationship, ignored my friends, and afterwards, I didn't know where to turn. And then from that relationship to a point, I was single and didn't have any prospects for about eight years. And I started getting these doubts creeping up. I'm going to be alone all my life. I'm going to have nobody. And then... Um, you know, like I said, when I moved up here, I didn't know a single person. I sat in my apartment alone for a week. And I tell you, that was, that was some of the most loneliest times I had felt just sitting there not knowing what to do. And so, loneliness, another burden that I've tried to carry on my back. And then we have oh, another fear, failure. Failure. So... I told you guys I went to Sac State, took some classes there. What I didn't tell you was that I failed most of my classes because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I really didn't want to be there. I made a 50, 60-mile drive every day um, each way. I just was like, it's easier for me not to do this. And so when it was easy for me to see myself as a failure, and when I felt the call to come up here to Oregon to go to school, to, to change, to turn my life around, whatever it might have been, Someone that I thought was a friend, I heard in a subtle way, and I I remember this vividly, um, pretty much said, because I'm moving away doesn't mean that I won't fail there too. And I still think about that. It still gets to me. Because, you know, when, when you build it up in your mind, when you carry this baggage for so long, you start to identify yourself by the baggage you're carrying. It starts to be who you are. When in reality, we are children of God, and he can take these burdens away from us. But instead, I took it, I put it in my backpack, and I carried it along with me. And then lastly, it's a burden that all of us carry. It's the burden of our own sin. 
And this is baggage that we carry with us because we continue to sin even after God saved us. And I don't, it's, it's not the sin, it's God forgives the sin that we've committed, that we will commit. God forgives that. But it's the guilt, the shame, the regret that we continue to hang on to, the remnants of that sin, the consequences of that sin that we hold on to that becomes part of our baggage. And that also is something I carry with me. So I have no idea if this is even going to zip up, but this has gotten pretty heavy. And I carry this with me on a day-to-day basis. And a lot of you carry this same burdens with you on a day-to-day basis. And if, imagine if you're physically carrying this, you're going to get worn down. And emotionally, when you carry this, you will get worn down too. I still battle through these things. But here's how God took it from me and takes it from me. Through those friends bringing me to church, as I stated in the beginning, God revealed himself to me, and I learned about salvation. I learned about that sacrifice God made. And I learned what happens to me if I have a relationship with him, that I I don't have to worry about what happens when I die, but I will get to spend my life with God. When it came to my weight, you know, God cares more about my heart than than what my body looks like. He wants to know that my heart is focused on him. And, you know, a lot of my friends, family, people here, you guys probably care more about what's in my heart, what I say, you know, my my personality than has anything to do with what I look like. Through my faithfulness in following him, uh, you know, the, the loneliness I was feeling when I first moved up here, I faithfully followed God to Oregon. He led me here. I knew it was going to be difficult, but he led me here. And I followed him faithfully here. And honestly, that loneliness I was feeling... It was probably worth it because he put the pieces in place for me to meet my beautiful and loving wife here. I mean, both of us lived in California about 70 miles apart, never met until each of us moved up here. We each followed God's plan to bring us here, and this is where we met. And so when I followed God faithfully, he removed that burden of loneliness. When it came to failure, you know, like I said, God steered me to his plan, and I needed to follow it. And honestly, guys, if, we, if we're following God's plan, can we really be failures? We can't, because God's plan is perfect. God's plan is good. He knows what's best for us. As long as we're following him, following the path he has us on, we can't fail. He can't fail. And like I said about sin, if we give our lives to Christ, he forgives all the sins we commit and will commit. And the burden we're carrying is just because of that guilt, regret, consequences, whatever it might be. But know that God forgives us. And because of that sin, we don't have to worry about where we're going to end up. We don't have to have these fears. We can take solace in knowing that when we die, we get to, we get to go have these perfect bodies, go to heaven with him, and not have to worry about the burdens that we're carrying anymore. So here's my final challenge to everybody. Think about this. What is in your backpack today that you brought to church? What are you carrying with you? What are you afraid to open up and show to God? What is zipped up in there that you won't show anybody? When, we come, when uh, um, Jack and Joe come up here and do some more worship, uh, during that time, I encourage you to just reveal your baggage to him if you have some with you today. Take that time to just prayer. Spend some time with him. And not only reveal it to him, but the trust in his love, his strength, his plan for you, so that you don't have to bear this burden, these heavy burdens that you hold on to. During the last few songs, take the time to ask the Lord for help. 
And guys, if you need another person to talk to, if you need somebody to pray alongside you, you have loving people surrounding you. We are a family here that, that we need to look out for one another. We need to love one another and be unified. And so if you have something just weighing you down, you need someone to pray with you, seek somebody out. I encourage you to do that. Be bold. Be vulnerable. I mean, just it's, it's more important for you to, to remove that burden to feel God's presence with you than to carry that load alone, than to be scared, be fearful. I want to wrap up with, with uh, just... The, the lyrics of the Crowder song, Come As You Are. I love this song. Um, I love the lyrics in it. And I'm just going to go ahead and read them out and then close in prayer. Come out of sadness from wherever you've been. Come brokenhearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, O sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burdens, lay down your shame, All who are broken, lift up your face. O wanderer, come home. You're not too far. So lay down your hurt. Lay down your heart. Come as you are. I'm going to just reiterate this verse one last time. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your presence being here today, Lord. For you, uh, just being able to, to speak through me, Lord, um, for giving me the ability to, to open up my, just my baggage, Lord, giving me the strength to do so. Lord, there's a lot of people in here who are probably hurting, who are battling through things like uh, it's just uh, marriage difficulties or, um, you know, they don't know if they can retire, they don't have enough money saved up, things uh, things that are bad at school. I mean, people of all ages carry burdens, Lord, carry baggage. And I just ask that you make yourself known, make yourself uh, available to these people so that um, the baggage doesn't become unbearable. It doesn't continue to weigh us down, Lord. You provide a way for us to drop our baggage off, to, to not have to carry the burdens alone, Lord, because you are there for each and every one of us. Lord, I ask these things in your name. I thank you so much for today. Amen.